Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's up, weirdos? This is Stephanie. And this is Andrew. And you are listening to episode 13 of the... History for Weirdos podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much for listening to us tell you wonderfully weird, very strange, but hopefully fascinating stories. Yes, hopefully. And this is what, day number like 8 million of quarantine? (laughs) Um, We've only lost our mind like 80%. Um, I'd say that's really uh, scientifically accurate. Very scientifically accurate. And 80%. I think scientists worldwide would agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're we still here. We're still here, yeah. We're, we're making some wonderfully weird stories in this wonderfully weird time. Yeah, and for this episode, Andrew is going to tell me and you, you and me, you and I, us together, a story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all of us. I need to act like there's other people here. <laughs> yeah. What okay. do you have for us? Okay, well, before we start with the story, mm. I want to cite my sources because I'm not going to have you make fun of me. Uh, eye roll. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't see my eye roll. <laughs> so, of course, there's Wikipedia because, mm-hmm. you know, what isn't Wikipedia with Very, anything? very exotic source. Exactly. Go on. And all that is interesting.com. Yes, I love them. Yeah, me too. I love them. And Great we, articles. And I want—I know I haven't even brought up like what we're talking about today, but... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So I what just, are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. I want to get that out of the way first before I even got into the story because it's well, really interesting. Levi and I traumatized you. Yeah, you guys did. I hate you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> I love you too, babe. Yeah. So, today, mm-hmm. Stephanie, Andrew. listeners, mm-hmm. Stella... I'm going to be talking. <laughs> yeah, she looked. I'm going to be talking about the mystery of Greek fire. Greek fire. Yes. That sounds really badass. It is. It really is, actually. Um, I'm going to talk about the history of it and what it is. Oh, it sounds like it could be what like, um, who the heck wrote the Da Vinci Code? Dan Brown. It sounds like it could be a Dan Brown like book title. Oh, it definitely does. Greek Fire. Greek Fire by Dan Brown. Coming to theaters summer 2021. Yeah, I yeah. like it. You're welcome, Dan Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so let's start out on like what we actually know about it. So okay. it was started to be used in the early 670s AD by the Byzantine Empire, mm. a.k.a. the Eastern Roman Empire. What, what? So I, not ancient yes. Greece. Not ancient Greece, no. Um, that's exactly what I thought it would be. I know. I, that's what I thought it was, too. But no, it's our boys in Rome. You know, Roman of course. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it's another them. thing. Yeah, yeah. another thing. They're they, everywhere. They contribute to the, the world. We heart Roman Empire. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm a little obsessed. And by little I mean a lot. He's severely obsessed. It's yes. annoying. Hey, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I think it's super cool too. <laughs> yeah, I just take it to the next level, I think. Everything in quarantine, babe, is taken to the next level. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Everything. All of our emotions. Oh, I know. So back to Greek fire, its explosive nature absolutely 
devastated naval opponents, and it's said that not only did water not extinguish it, mm-hmm. but it actually helped fuel the flame in some cases. So it is a fire. It's like a weaponized fire. Yes, but isn't that cannot be put out by water. That's so scary. Yeah. And if you think about it, a really good example of this in TV was uh-huh. Game of Thrones. Yes. You know where I was exactly going with that, huh? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Battle of the Blackwater, season two, episode nine. Yes, I'm a nerd. Is that the same episode where the everyone gets blown up? Because they use the... Oh, yes, they do use it in a, in a later episode as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's the season finale of like season six or something. Yeah, under remember. the church, yeah. essentially. Yeah, the Church of the Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They, that's the same thing. It, it's similar to that. That's that was so inspired crazy. by Greek fire, actually. That's inc- Of course it was. It makes so much sense because even in that show, you can see how George R. R. Martin, like, you could tell he just researched the weirdest, weirdest stuff in human yes. history. And was like, perfect. It's right itself. <laughs> I'm going to um, add dragons yeah, I know, and seriously. night walkers, and it's perfect. Oh, I know. He's a weird dude, but he's awesome. Yeah. He's a weirdo. I yes. hope. I oh my god, hope. that would be so cool. Oh god, I, I really hope so. <laughs> so, making this, speaking of weird, the mm-hmm. only things that could put out Greek fire, or there's three of them. Mm-hmm. Do you want to venture any guesses? Mm, sand. Sand is one of them, yes, that is correct. Right, because sand puts out fire now. Yeah. Right, like, when they deal with larger scale fires, it's like a powder. Yeah, like a powder, yeah, it's basically like, sort of like sand, Fancy I suppose. Fancy sand. Fancy. Um, and then two more. There's Dosmos. Mm, Stella. Stella, we, you throw Stella in it, it will completely make it go away. <laughs> you just hear, oh my Ooh! god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh no. Guys, we're just we kidding. We just lost everyone. I know. Never mind. Never mind. Just tell me the other two. <laughs> so the other two are vinegar and urine. Ew! Yes, especially like the old like urine that's been sitting out <laughs> for like a week or so. Old urine. I love the idea of how they figured this out. Yeah, like dude, like yeah. So, do you think like people just like pissed on it yeah. and were like, "Oh my god, this is actually working." Like the water didn't work, you guys. Like everyone pee. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh my god," this and it would have to works. be men because women we need a squat to pee on things. Squatty potty. Yeah. <laughs> Not a squatty potty, but like we would need a shiwi. A shiwi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's an orange is the new black reference. Oh god. So it's just a bunch of dudes were like, the water didn't work, so let's pee on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's male logic if I've ever heard of it, but it actually worked. I know. And, and vinegar. And vinegar. Two acidic things. Very. very so like much the so. sand makes sense to me, but vinegar. I would think would make it worse, to be honest. Yeah, and it somehow, it definitely has something to do with the chemical reaction. And I think pea and vinegar, aren't they, like, kind of similar-ish? Oh, I don't know. We should look that up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, there were variations of this used by the Chinese, the Arabs, and the Ottomans during the medieval time period. Okay. But nothing came close to, like, the veracity of Greek fire. Wow. They were just essentially cheap knockoffs. That's and crazy. This, yeah. It's it's nuts. So they probably didn't get the same formula. Oh no, they definitely did not. Okay, they absolutely did not. And you know, in fact, it would be another almost thirteen hundred years Whoa. before something similar would surface. And what we now know as napalm um, mm. would be that thing. And that was created, you know, in a secret Harvard lab and during World War II. I might add. 
Ew. make things even crazier and weirder. Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest thing to it? Yeah. And developed in the 20th century. That's insane. Yeah, I know. I'm so interested in how, who came up with it and how and what it is, like what it's made out of. Well, it's funny you say that because that's literally the next thing I'm going to talk about. Well, look at that. Well, looky here. <laughs> yeah. So the history of this. Yeah. It is said that Greek fire was invented <clears throat> by a dude named Kalikinos mm-hmm. or Kalinik, yeah, Kalinikos, uh, and that's Latinized to um, Kalinikus. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use the Latinized version from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a te- from a city called Heliopolis, and he was a mm-hmm. Jewish architect who fled from Syria to Constantinople after um, an Arab attack. Oh. Uh, you know, basically, kind of destroyed his home city of Heliopolis. Wow, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, you know, and what's crazy is like, you know, when we get into sort of like ancient texts, a mm-hmm. lot of the times the historical record isn't like great. Yeah, to of be, course. You know, to be yeah. honest. So the accuracy and the exact chronology of this account, mm-hmm. you know, is open to question. Yeah. So the chronicler and historian Theophanes, jeez, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Just go for yeah. it, babe. I believe in you. Theophanes. 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 I, I think that's perfect. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Reports the use <laughs> of fire carrying and siphon equipped ships by the Byzantines a couple of years before the supposed arrival of um, Callinicus at Constantinople. Okay, so they already had. So some accounts are like he invented it, but other accounts are like it was there before. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but. If this is not due um, to chronological confusion, again, this just might be, like, mix-up of dates mm-hmm. uh, of the events of, like, sieges. It may suggest that Kalinicus merely introduced an improved version of an already established weapon. That makes sense, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, something or another. It's, it was probably... <laughs> yeah. so it's probably a little bit of everything. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and in fact, like, the historian James Partington uh-huh. further thinks that it, it was likely that the Greek fire was not, in fact, created by a single person. Okay. But was invented by chemists in Constantinople who had inherited the discoveries of the Alexandrian chemical school. And that's in quotes. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't even... I hated chemistry, but I would... <laughs> Absolutely hated it. I'm so sorry, Miss Santana. But I would absolutely love to go to the Alexandrian Chemical School. I mean, I think I would have... badass. I liked chemistry, um, but I think I would have liked it. (laughs) I think I would have liked it more if I could, like, make, like, weapons like that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The NSA's knocking on our door. I know. (laughs) That's so interesting, though. I wonder if, if at all... Folks like saw this occurring in nature somehow. Yeah. You know, like some naturally occurring chemicals kind of like collided, and humans saw this and they were like, whoa, I want to weaponize that <laughs> as we tend to do. Well, I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Later on. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yes, as you should be. Even though we're sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, so proper. Yes, always. <laughs> so, um, Callinicus, mm-hmm. his development of Greek fire came actually at a critical moment in the Byzantine Empire's history. So okay. it had been weakened by long wars with the, the Sassanid Empire in Persia. 
Sassanid? The Sassanid, yeah. So okay. that was the um, successor empire to the Parthian Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so in Persia. Um, yeah. The Byzantines had been unable to effectively resist um, the onslaught of not only trying to fend off those attacks, but also, mm-hmm. which, you know, they did successfully, but they also were uh, had to fend off attacks from the what's like the new, like, quote-unquote Islamic threat. Mm-hmm. So, like, essentially a confederacy of Arabs. So, within a generation, in fact, Syria, Palestine, and Egypt had all fail- fallen to the Arabs. Okay. Who, in around 672, set out to conquer the imperial city of Constantinople. Yeah, A.K.A. Rome V2. Okay. So, they really needed some support. They yeah. needed, like, a... Like a secret weapon, essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Greek fire was used in great effect against this onslaught and really helped kind of repel the this Muslim alliance at the first and second sieges of the city. Wow. Yeah. It's it kind of nuts. Their butts. It really did save their butts. Well, it sounds unparalleled at the time. Like no one had anything like it. They I doubt everyone's instinct was to pee all over it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> or seriously. throw vinegar at it. So that's so, yeah. So it really, it really saved their butts. That's amazing. Yeah. And to like all the listeners as well, like Constantinople is um, surrounded on three sides by water. So mm-hmm. if you had a massive fleet surrounding oh, the city you need with these like siphon, this. you know, siphon carrying, excuse me, um, ships that like basically spray like liquid fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's going to really like. that. That's such a good point, babe. Yeah. That paints a really good picture. Like. It really defends the city. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then, like, essentially, like, also, like, there's only one side that's on land. And so, you uh-huh. know, they're just able to really fortify essentially just one wall that can really help defend the city. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Also, listener, dear listener, um, Istanbul was Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Constantinople is present day Istanbul. <laughs> For all you, uh, it's also folks. a song. If you didn't get the reference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that, Stephanie. You're I welcome. I'm that. just here to educate, educate as best I can. Oh, quite. <laughs> so, records of the use of Greek fire in later naval battles against the Saracens are more sporadic, but it did secure again a number of victories, especially in the phase of Byzantine expansion in the late 9th. Oh, yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and early 10th centuries. Wow. So, again, so that's they, like the late 800s, early 900s. Greek fire helped defend their city as well as expand their empire then. Exactly. Wow. So, and what's kind of weird about the Byzantine Empire was mm-hmm. to, like, kind of compare and contrast it to Rome, mm-hmm. like the original Roman Empire, mm-hmm. was like the Roman original Roman Empire just expanded, 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 right? Until it got Hell to yeah, the point. It did. Yeah. Until <laughs> it, it reached its apex in like 117 AD under the rule of Trajan. Yeah. And um and then like, you know, from there it kinda it would like lose a little bit of ground, but then it would gain it somewhere else. And like it yeah, like that was its apex and it did like, quote-unquote, decline from there, but it was still massive for hundreds of years. Right. Up until, you know, then it started, like, in the in the 5th century especially. Like, in the 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 4th and, and then 5th, um, it started, you know, completely crumbling. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously it was split, mm-hmm. and the East was now, like, known as the Byzantine Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good recap. Yeah, yeah but, like, and, so, and sorry, and the reason why I bring that up is, like, the Byzantine was a little bit different, is, like, it would expand like crazy, and then 
shrink, expand, shrink, expand, shrink. Uh-huh. And when you've told me that when it would expand, it would expand farther than its original borders. Exactly. Like, it would expand farther than, like, when, um, I forgot who the Roman Empire was, or Emperor that was, that, like, I think it was Theodosius, maybe, the, um, he split it, like, in, uh-huh. you know, finally. And then, like, it, it definitely, uh, it went farther than, like, the original, like, borders, borders of the Eastern Roman Empire. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think under Justinian I, like, in the mid, like, 6th century, it got, like, all the way out to, like, Spain. Oh, my yeah. God. They never got back to, um, like, current-day England. But, yeah, they, like, uh-huh. conquered all of Italy, like, southern France and even into Spain as well. You said and in the mid-6th century? Yeah, the mid-6th century. So, like, f- around the 550s. That's crazy. Easy. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. That's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Mm-hmm. But I know. So, like, you know, that's a little bit of the, a backstory of Byzantine. Mm-hmm. Um, really good backstory. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a crush on him. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ew, no. Back to the Greek. <laughs> back to Greek fire. Utilization of the substance was prominent in, of course, their civil wars. Because what is Rome without a good civil war? Yeah, I mean, they just come had, um, on. like, you know, here in the United States, we, we had, like, one. Like, t- they would think, oh, that's cute. Like, yeah. we're, we had, like, we're going to have a dozen in, like, a decade. Constant. Mm-hmm. Just constant. Like, so many civil wars. Mm-hmm. But um, it was chiefly used in the rebellion led by Thomas the Slav, or st- the Slav, excuse me, mm-hmm. in 821 to 823. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, great name. Mm-hmm. It's like... Like a punk rocker. Yeah, Thomas the Slav. Got it. And in this case, the rebel fleet was defeated by the imperial fleet um, through the use of Greek fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, so kind of... Man, that's kind of weird, though, using it against your own, like, countrymen. I, it's, it's so terrible. It, it's literally it was, kind of like... It was like a WMD back oh, of, like, the you know, right, early medieval period. Right, no one else had anything to combat it and they must have been so scared of it like the everyday yeah. person i imagine like lots of superstition around it oh absolutely i mean it, it's i can only imagine what this was like fighting it mm-hmm. not chill not chill not chill like zero chill mm-hmm. so the byzantines also used the weapon to devastating effect against various rus raids on the bosphorus Especially those of 941 and 1043. Right, of course. As well as during the Bulgarian War of 970 to 971. So they had this for a while and just kept using it. They just kept pulling it out of their back pocket. Oh, yeah. Did they use it for centuries? That's nuts. And it's interesting because the importance placed on Greek fire and, like, the secrecy surrounding it mm-hmm. was paramount. Um, in fact, the mm. Emperor Constantine... And I'm, it's not Constantine the Great, because he's been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's but not the OG. Not the OG, but Emperor Constantine Porfigurantos. I butchered that. I'm not going to try to pronounce that again. But he ruled from 945 to 959. Mm-hmm. And in his book, De Administrando Imperio, mm-hmm. he admonishes his son and heir, Romanos II. Much better name, by the way. That's a cool name. Yeah. And he, Romanos, ruled for like four years from 959 to 963 to never reveal the secrets of its composition as it was, quote unquote, shown and revealed by an angel to the great and holy first Christian emperor Constantine and that the angel bound him 
not to prepare this fire, but for Christians and only in the imperial city. I was waiting for when they'd like drag poor like God and angels and Jesus (laughs) and stuff into this. I was like, it's coming. Yeah. And first of all, (laughs) this was just complete shenanigans because Greek fire, again, like I said, wasn't, um, it doesn't even appear in the historical record until the seventh century and Constantine died in like Uh 330 something. Yeah. So he never saw it. No, he wouldn't, he would be dead for hundreds of years before it was actually shown up. Yeah. So no angel gave it to him. Yeah. No, his grandchildren have died of old age by now. Mm -hmm. Like, no, absolutely not. Also, just to clarify. Yes. This like. Faux Constantine. I know he's not a faux Constantine, but not OG Constantine. Right. He wrote a book and published it, and in the book, he's, like, chastising his son already, like, publicly. (laughs) He's like, hey... Everyone's reading this. <laughs> like, I know. What a weird strategy. It's a very strange strategy. I would imagine he could just, I don't know, talk to his son over dinner and tell him the same thing. I know, right? I mean, to be honest, this guy probably was not as good of a leader as the OG Constantine. Yeah. That would be I'm my... i guess that. Yeah, sur- surmisation. Mm-hmm. I would surmise that. Mm-hmm. Me yes, too. quiet. 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 <laughs> also, side note, just, I think it's kind of interesting, is, like, his book was was in Latin, mm. but, you know, and, you know, that was the, the language of the Roman Empire, but the Byzantine Empire, um, mainly people spoke in Greek. Okay, so maybe it wasn't in the book for the masses then. I doubt it, yeah. Yeah, I don't like an think... instruction manual for, right. for the elite who would have learned Latin. I think only the elite would be able to even understand Latin mm-hmm. because, yeah, because of that exactly. Yeah, the common totally... language, the common tongue was Greek mm-hmm. because this was based in present-day Istanbul, which is like, and technically it's in Turkey, right? But, like, it's right next door to Greece. Mm-hmm. And Istanbul was Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Stephanie, for that. That um, I did not know that, so thank you. You're welcome. For saying that again. Yeah. Look who's teaching you things in so, your story. you know. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, and I love this, too. Uh, okay. This is, like, an, um, this is, like, an addition to what I just read. Um, as a warning, he adds... Oh, oh, there's more. There's more. He's not done. Sorry. That there was one official who was bribed into handing some of the Greek fire over Mm. to the empire's enemies, and he was struck down by a flame from heaven (laughs) as he was about to enter a church. Wow. Harsh. Harsh. Very harsh. I love slash actually hate how, like, Old school God, super mean. <laughs> yeah, he's very, a dick. <laughs> very unforgiving. I know, yeah, he kind of is, man. So, to his son, he's like, like for real though, don't tell anyone. This is super secret. Constantine got it from an angel. Don't do the math. Just trust me. And if you don't trust me, I know this guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who got smited. Yes, yeah, smote. Smote. <laughs> no, he might be smited. I don't know. But well, yeah, that's true. He sounds like a very nurturing and loving father. I think he was. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, interestingly enough, Stephanie, Andrew. no one was able to replicate this. In fact, like, there were mm. instances of, like, an intact ship getting taken by, like, Arabs or Ottomans or whomever. Mm-hmm. And they were not able to recreate this. 
Oh, that's very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And in fact, and this is what I love, the secret was so well kept Mm -hmm. that by the 12th century AD, the Byzantines had already forgotten how to make it. No! Yes. The secret was so well kept, (laughs) it just went (laughs) bye-bye. They kept it from themselves. They kept it from themselves. That's how good of a secret it was. Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, I know. Well, you know, that's also just an assumption because it, like, literally the solution had completely disappeared from historical records. That must have been what happened is just fewer and fewer people were entrusted. Yeah. And And until the last dude was just like, oops, I died. I died (laughs) and I didn't tell anyone or write it down somewhere that people could find it. Right. Exactly. Wow, how embarrassing. That's super embarrassing. I've been there, though. Yeah. (laughs) You know, c'est la vie, right? Yeah. So... Stephanie. Andrew. What was this? What was Greek fire? Yes, I'm really curious because it's obviously not just fire. No, it's, it's not. It's very unique and yeah, I can't even picture it. What was it? Okay, so I'll tell you what we do know. Mm-hmm. It was delivered by a hose called a siphon that was mounted on the front of ships. I know mm-hmm. I had mentioned that earlier and, mm-hmm. and I guess I'll go into a little bit more detail. But if you picture kind of like a Coast Guard ship with like a like a hose on the front that mm-hmm. sprays like, you know, that will fight fire, right? That sprays. <laughs> this one will create fire. Yeah, exactly. This one instead creates it. And wow. so, exactly. So like, it would, instead of just spraying water, it, it sprays like liquid death. And okay. that will incinerate you. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff right there. Wow. So, you know, that was the primary way that this was delivered. Mm-hmm. You know. It could also be delivered on land and, uh, you know, essentially what they would do is like they would take earthenware pots, put the stuff in it and then use them as grenades. Oh my gosh. That probably is um, how they used it during the civil wars then. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Or yeah. That's cruel. Yeah, it really is. Just bombs. They kind of are. They're like literally just big boy bombs. And like I mentioned before... It burned on water mm-hmm. and could only be put out by sand, vinegar, and peepees. <laughs> peepees for all the three-year-olds that yes. listen. <laughs> peepees. Wow. And you know what's also of note that, like, I really want to point out mm-hmm. is that um, its deployment was also accompanied by thunder and much smoke. What do you mean, like? What? Like, they made the thunder and smoke? So, like, that was kind of the side effect, was that it made really loud noises and created lots of smoke. Oh, like, it must have made, like, a banging noise. Yes. And was super smoky. And that's why, for hundreds of years, historians theorized that it was gunpowder. It was like, oh, of course it's gunpowder. But... This is inconsistent uh, yeah. with the nature of what we know about gunpowder, mainly that it cannot, you know, burn in water. Yeah, and you can't get it wet. It was not in Europe at this time. It would not be introduced into Europe until the 13th century. So they're wrong. That's definitely not gunpowder. Exactly. Also, a second view, based on the fact that Greek fire was inextinguishable by water, mm-hmm. some sources suggest that, the, you know, again, that the water actually intensified the flames. So nuts. I know. Like, it suggested that its destructive power was the result of the explosive reaction between water and quicklime, which is calcium oxide. Okay. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. But that theory is also refuted by not only literary, 
but also empirical evidence. Okay. <laughs> so that's a no. You're like, oh, okay. I was like, no, storing like, it shut away. Shut down. Yeah. Storing it away as a new fact, but no. No, no, no. So another similar proposition suggested that Canlicanus, or whatever. Cal. Yeah, our boy Cal, had in fact discovered calcium phosphide, which can be made by boiling bones in urine within a sealed vessel. Ew, please tell me this one's also fake news. It is. Okay. (laughs) Because on contact with water, calcium phosphide releases phosphine, which ignites spontaneously, Mm -hmm. which you would think, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. However... Extensive experiments with it also failed to reproduce the intensity described. So it's like a smaller, like little boom exactly. spark. Exactly. It, it wasn't. It just wasn't nearly as intense. Yeah, not something that you see being like weaponized at such a grand scale. So this leads us to what modern scholars and Ooh. um and uh, science are, people and science folks. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I know. I'm just. I'm just a big dum dum right now. <laughs> Not at all. So they all agree that Greek fire was actually based on either crude or refined petroleum. Mm. So comparable, again, like I had mentioned earlier, to modern napalm. Yes. That's so crazy to think about. Dude, napalm, like, in the 7th century. It's essentially what this was. Like, nuts. Uh, It just blows my mind at how terrified like people that came against it must have felt and how emboldened those wielding it would have felt yeah i mean it, it no wonder they created the story of an angel right like this absolutely. must have felt otherworldly to them i mean the byzantine empire was able to expand so rapidly in like the the ninth and 10th centuries because of that right because they had this seemingly gift from heaven exactly or hell or hell dun, dun, dun. Ooh, hellfire so the it sounds more like hellfire than anything. Yeah. I know. So you know, and why they think that also, and you know, this would make sense essentially, is because like the Byzantines had easy access to crude oil mm-hmm. from the naturally occurring wells around the Black Sea and in the Middle East. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. So also, what's interest and of note is a ninth century Latin text preserved in Germany mentions the ingredients. Of what appears to be Greek fire and the operation of the siphons used to project it. Mm-hmm. You know, although, you know, this text does have some inaccuracy, it clearly does identify the main component as crude oil. Okay, so that corroborates that theory. Yes, exactly. But this was like um, a potentially like failed attempt to recreate it or an attempt that was missing something? So, yeah, like it, it just, it had some inaccuracies. Like I don't... Th- um, I don't think I didn't uh, I didn't like couldn't find anywhere like oh, where yeah, I'm like, sure you couldn't find that recipe yeah, like definitely not yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I couldn't find like you know what was inaccurate about it mm-hmm. but essentially like if pine tar or animal fats were added which was very you know easy easily like um, yeah everyone had acquired, animal fat back right, then exactly easily acquired by the Byzantines it does have very similar effects to what has been described in the past okay. So, mm-hmm. so that's her best guess right now. Exactly. And so Stephanie, yeah, did the Eastern Roman Empire invent napalm a full 1300 years before the U.S. did in World War II? I am shocked to say probably. Yeah. It sounds like it. It really does. This that's was crazy. It's kind of nuts to think. And that's something, you know, when I started researching this, uh-huh. like, again, like you kind of mentioned this, I thought 
the Greek fire was something that came out of like ancient Greece mm-hmm. before, you know, before Rome, yeah. right? But no, this actually was, you know, a little bit later, but still like a full like 1300 years before it was like kind of truly, rec- you know, recreated, not exactly the same. And it probably ours is much more devastating. <laughs> yes, I would think so. But, you know, pretty darn similar. And for them, so scary and so devastating. Oh, I know. That is so fascinating. Yeah. I love that. That is definitely weird and for sure obscure. Like, I I thought I had heard of it before when you first mentioned it, but I absolutely have never heard of this. Yeah. I mean, before I started researching this, it was like, oh, yeah, Greek fire, like, kind of like this crazy fire shit that like <laughs> happens you know <laughs> like i don't know like it's very profound very profound it. yes mm-hmm. exactly i didn't really give it a second thought but when i did more research it's like wow this is actually pretty crazy the ingenuity behind it like the humans that would have like cal uh, sorry i don't remember his full yeah, name no, in my mind just i call, call him cal, cal. to for him to think of it or improve upon something that others had thought of, it's just astounding. It really is, especially just back then, like yeah. with the, the limited knowledge of like you know oil and petroleum that you know mm-hmm. that they had. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And again, like another thing that Rome did. Another thing, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's. I have been very fascinated by it. You know, I'm not a fan of weapons or weaponry, right. um, but it's just interesting to think of. For me, it's like the knowledge and the lack of knowledge, like from all these other people who would have tried to recreate the same thing for their armies and for their nations and Mm -hmm. for their empires and just were completely unable to. Yeah. That's so fascinating. It really is. Wow. Thank you so much, Andrew. Yes, you're very welcome. Well, you guys, that was episode 13. Yeah, lucky number 13 in the middle of a plague. (laughs) In the middle of our very own, very weird history. Um, But thank you all so much for listening. You can follow us along outside of the podcast um, on Instagram at History for Weirdos on Twitter at History for Weirdos, and you can email us at uh, historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Also, if you really like this episode, you know, hit make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can always get the newest and latest episodes. And yes, you know what? Throw us a five-star rating if you really liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just throw it out there. It really helps us out. So thank yes, you so much. Please. And well, I think that's all. I think that is. That was so great. I'm definitely like, I'm going to look this up. Like, <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed researching this. Yay. Thanks, weirdos. Stay weird. Stay weird, weirdos. Bye. Bye.